What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoy this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of what the actual fork podcast. Jenna, I feel like we're both uh, dragging ass a little bit right now. Well, it's been raining in New Jersey for four days. Really? It was so, raining all day here, too. Oh, it's like day four and just misery at this point here. I mean, vibes are low as far as like the state goes. <laughs> okay, so the vibes are low, but this episode today... is not low. Great vibes. <laughs> great vibes. We had the amazing Alyssa Snow Callahan on, who is a registered dietitian, a certified eating disorder specialist supervisor, a certified intuitive being counselor, the author of the mindful eating journal and founder and CEO of nourished with kindness. Holy shit. Is that like all? She, like she, and <laughs> like, I know, right. I'm like, is that all? And a new mom, a mom, which is a lot of what today is. So she has multiple titles and hats that she wears. Alyssa specializes in eating disorders, binge eating, emotional eating and body image in teens and adults, as well as weight neutral approach to treating fertility fertility and pregnancy issues. She earned her master's in nutritional science from California State University at Los Angeles and received her BS in communication from Boston University with a concentration in psychology and public relations. Prior to starting Nurse with Kindness, Alyssa worked as a clinical dietitian at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center and Providence Little Company of Mary Medical Center in Terrance. She also has worked in sales, marketing, and PR through her roles at Center for Discovery, a leading eating disorder treatment center, and a public affairs firm in Washington, D.C. Alyssa was able to quickly grow Nourished with Kindness to a group practice thanks to the power of marketing and accessible, high-quality care for clients. She is passionate about helping eating disorder and non-diet providers grow their businesses and clinical skills and making business more business support more accessible. So she has a ton of credentials and... <laughs> experience. And she's also a new mama. And today's episode, we kind of linked together her unique experience being an anti-diet weight neutral provider and ours and how the journey of recovery layers into the journey of recovery and motherhood and postpartum days. And it's a really special conversation. I think that if you are not a parent, there's still many things that you can get out of it. If Even if you're never if you don't ever have interest in being a parent, um, if you know somebody who is one, I think is always our line when we talk about mom stuff in general. But I think it's like, it gives you this like back door into the brains and mindsets of like, what's really going on in those first couple weeks of motherhood when maybe your friend isn't texting you back, right? Or is really hard to get a hold of, or is really struggling and you don't know, you know, what's actually going on inside their mind and body and all of the things like these conversations that we're so fortunate to have are things that I wish I listened to when all of my friends from college were having kids and I wasn't there yet, right? Like I I had no idea what they were experiencing. And I think these conversations can really, really help support you, support the people in your life that you care about. 100%. I couldn't agree more. This is such a great resource for those who, who need it. And, and yeah. So without further ado, let's, let's get go. into it with Alyssa. <laughs> Alyssa, we're excited to have you here to talk not only all things intuitive eating, anti-diet, weight-neutral dietetics, and postpartum. So thank you for being here with us. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here and chatting with you ladies today. Yes. Can I, can I share how you and I first met? Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. So, and Jenna, I feel like I told you this, but I don't know. I don't think so. I was just deep, deep in my infertility trenches. And I think, Mm -hmm. was it, is it that you reached out to me, Alyssa, because I shared my IVF journey publicly and I felt so alone and you were so gracious and kind and reached out to me. And I feel like it was in the thick of COVID where you Mm -hmm. and I had a Zoom date and we cried together. We met, we just shared our stories together. So I thank you so much. And now we are sitting here with our miracle babies and Jenna has her own miracle baby, Noah, and a miracle baby growing in her tummy. So what, just what a blessing and just what a full circle moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You had posted something really lovely opening up about, well, especially, I think at that time you had just done your first cycle, which as somebody who's done IVF, yeah, yeah, multiple times, I don't even know what it means by cycle. Like, does that, is that just like the first part where they take the eggs (laughs) out or does that mean they have to transfer? I don't know what it it all means. Who knows? You had done things and all of it's just like, it's all too much. And, uh, and yeah, you had had a failed cycle, you know, failed in quotes. Yes. And I've had failed cycles in the past. And so I felt very alone in that because when you get to the stage of IVF, you just think like, this is the last thing. <laughs> this is the thing this that, is it. you know, people go through this and you end up with like 10 babies and you just have to avoid like getting them all inside you at one time. <laughs> so like, just be careful about that. And then you go through it and then you're like, oh, so this cannot work. Yep. Oh, I can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and not have a child. Crazy. And yeah, and nothing works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I don't know how old you were when you started IVF, but we were we were young when we started and we were not like the doctors did not prepare us for the fact that we might have to do it more than one time. Correct. I was told that I was air quotes young and healthy, and I think that yes. was a lot of weight stigma of like totally. Oh, she's young, she's thin, she's in a straight size body, she's white, she's a dietitian. Oh, absolutely. So she's healthy. Um, and yeah, absolutely. we were told that we were going to be one and done. And then oh, yeah. the first cycle came and they were like, oh, actually you have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. Except okay. like a bank account that's just crying, just crying. like actual tears. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you can try this again and it might work. And maybe <laughs> it'll work the second time or like maybe the third and you're like oh did i win the lottery too are you gonna tell me (laughs) uh well thank you for being here and i just i'm so excited to celebrate your daughter is six months which is crazy and it's just it's so beautiful and amazing and what's better than three moms on a podcast just unloading all of the details that nobody <laughs> talks about well absolutely yes 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 but before we get there we need to know Alyssa if within the la- within your maternity leave time mm-hmm. or maybe your fresh postpartum days mm-hmm. if there has been anything professionally or personally that has stopped you in your tracks and made you say what's the actual fork is happening <laughs> as it pertains to maybe postpartum or pregnancy or motherhood or diet culture because this is a nutrition podcast after all um, yes. anything that comes to mind for you? So many things. Um, I think breastfeeding was a big one for me. Um, I was like, why are there so many support groups about this? Like you just feed your child and, and then you realize like, oh my gosh, this takes up all of my time. Like I have no time. Like I'm just, I'm just sitting here and just all day feeding, feeding this baby and then trying not to move when they fall, inevitably fall asleep. Yes. And then also, um, sleep regressions mm. for sure. I don't know if you all experienced Wait, this. I- I don't want to scare you guys, but they don't end. <laughs> <Just for the record. laughs> 
because we have another baby about to be here and my son is currently in one where it's not like the typical one. So he's two and a half. And like, I looked it up. It's like, he's right on cue of like the brain explosion of like independent play. And now he's doing like imagination and like all the things like I see it happening, but the kid doesn't want to go to sleep. Like, (laughs) Bedtime that used to take, like I joke all the time, like my husband used to be able to do bedtime by himself. It was like my favorite 45 minutes of like the day, like I would catch up on work or just like watch a show and wait, whatever. Now he like comes downstairs after two hours and he looks like the Chris Farley meme. That's like where he's like, yeah, with his hair crazy and he's wearing the small coat and he's like walking and like, he doesn't (laughs) know, like his eyes aren't even open. And he's like, what the fuck just happened? Like that is our literal life right now. And also, by the way, then when he leaves the room, Noah's crying and I go in and finish bedtime. Then I just, in the background, I just hear like, mom, mom. And your husband's like, I'm done. So they do get better. They're fucking awful. But like, it's just hilarious. And like, we haven't put him in a big boy bed yet. He's just not ready for that. And I'm like, I know that one's going to be wild. Well, because then they could just get out. Like, then they're, like, like, not in a cage anymore. I can't, like, like strap them down. <laughs> and, like, I I'm I want to, like, knock on wood when I say this because what we're dealing with with sleep right now, it, it like, hurts my heart. She wants nothing to do with us. Jenna, <laughs> like, I swear to God, by the time she sees her jammies, she's, like, she's pointing to her bed like vigorously and i'm like okay like can you give mommy a kiss like can you and she's just pointing to bed and she just wants to be put down and she wants you to get the fuck out of her room i it is unreal the independence in this girl already and i'm like so thankful because but then like bedtime used to be me in there like she'd lay on me and we'd be in the chair and like no None of that doesn't want That'll come anything back. to do with me. I I like hope. And like the separation anxiety yeah. comes next. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then, so I need to enjoy, enjoy the independence. It. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I don't want to be like a just wait mom, but yeah. just wait. it will come back. Okay. Good to know because it's right all, now I'm it's like, all cyclical. Yeah, it is. That's the only thing guaranteed in motherhood. And somebody actually texted me that this morning because I was an absolute mess yesterday. Like I tried to work from like a bunch of different coffee shops and like inevitably like it was closed. The Wi-Fi wasn't working. I saw like, that. You were in like seven different restaurants yesterday. All the things were just like really fucking delicious awful. Looking she like, did. I, I made I it myself. It was a create your own. It was so lovely. <laughs> but with that said, I was just like such a disaster. And I like met with this like co-working group and I was just like nasty and like hormonal and was like, I got to get out of here. The Wi-Fi is not working. Anyways, I apologize to all of them afterwards. But I... <laughs> um I apologized to my one friend who I was meeting and she was like, I just want you to remember like this is a season and this one is short. And that was like something that was so helpful for me because she said that to me throughout. She has three kids, like they're older. Um, She's been through this before and she's has coached me through this like mindset that the only thing guaranteed in motherhood is that there are seasons and they come and go. Some are longer than others. Some suck more than others and some are amazing, but they all like come and go. And that's something that I've been holding on to because I know what's about to happen again. And like, I'm not really looking forward to like Mm -hmm. some aspects of that. Which is totally normal. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. As you know, Jenna and I have been drinking AG1 for a few years now. And one of the questions we love to answer is like, what are supplements and and stuff that you think is just pure BS? And there are many, many greens powders that are on the internet that we think are complete bogus. And we actually know they're complete bogus for many different reasons. And we're here to tell you that, yes, AG1 is the color green, but we do not categorize it at all as a greens powder because it is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs. 
So when we look at AG1 as registered dietitians and say, okay, why do we support this? Why do we like this product? It's because it encompasses prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes. And most importantly, it has a team of doctors and scientists that have tested it for 950 contaminants and it is NSF certified for sport. So what that means, it is formulated based on the latest science and maintains the highest quality standards. That is a non-negotiable from two registered dietitians. We have to see that NSF stamp of approval on any supplement that we take. And that's what really sets AG1 apart. You can think of it as a multivitamin substitute. You can throw out the pills, mix the one pack with the water in the morning. It is such an easy thing to do. If you're looking for just a simple habit to not only give you that boost of vitamins and minerals, but also the hydration. And please know, you don't have to do this. It's more so if you're looking for a habit and wanting to increase that nutrient density. So if you want to give AG1 a try and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase, you can go to drinkag1.com forward slash fork. That is drinkag1.com forward slash fork. Check it out. Jenna, I love um, I love what you just said about the seasons. Really what does. is going on right now? My office smells. You can put this on air. Did your dog fart again? You had like I some mean, issues with your dog is, farting. Because I've been giving him so much human food because I feel so bad oh. for him. Like his digestive <laughs> tract is fucked. Um, <laughs> like, My, but, <laughs> because Emma is now six months, she we just started feeding her food, like food mm-hmm. food. And um, yeah, but it's really like, you know, it's, half of it ends up on the wall and half of it ends up on the floor and in our dog's stomach. So that's been (laughs) causing also some unique digestive concerns. I can't imagine not having a dog and feeding a child though. Oh yeah. That makes it so much harder. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And their interest in Emma has gone up like 600%. I would say all of a sudden they're like, oh, we found, we found use for this. For this thing. And for then once thing. she starts crawling around with Cheerios and giving it to them, like they're never, ever going to leave her alone. So they, they, one of them is more connected to her than the other. She was up in the middle of the night. I think she had a, a stomach ache cause she, oh, this is a good, this is a good, what the fork moment. Keep Amazing. going. My, <laughs> My daughter is allergic to dairy, so I've had to give up dairy, which is, I mean, I lived off mac and cheese during my pregnancy, so I was like, this baby's not going to be allergic to dairy. (laughs) Nope, definitely is. And so she was up in the middle of the night. She has tummy troubles. And she, one of my dogs came into her room because we were, we were changing her. We were trying to figure out what was wrong. And she goes in, she's in the room and she goes, like upset because Emma's crying. And I was like, oh, you're so cute. That is really cute. Oh my God. Dogs and babies are, dogs and babies are like the cutest thing ever. Like it's really and truly. Which is another reason, Jenna, why you have to watch the movie Boss Baby. Have you seen this movie, Alyssa? No. Jenna, have you watched it yet? No, because my son has a one track mind. Like if he gets the iPad or the TV, I want to watch trucks. And I'm like, how about at least like the movie cars? Like that's something that that has a plot that I can follow. Like, no, I want to watch these weird toys, like unboxings. And it's, I try. I really keep trying. Okay. (laughs) Well, you're going to watch it postpartum while you're sitting there feeding your baby in whatever capacity you choose and you'll have to watch it. It's the cutest little movie, but it's about puppies and babies and a little boy becoming a big brother. So it's like Jenna's entire (laughs) life in a movie. (laughs) It's perfect. Um, Okay. Well, while we're on the topic of babies and postpartum, I want to hear from you, Alyssa, as an intuitive eating counselor that is 
so informed on weight neutral care, weight stigma, just body image, everything. Was there anything in your postpartum that really surprised you about your own body image or whether that is postpartum or like throughout your entire pregnancy into postpartum um, that kind of stopped you to be like, whoa, I didn't expect this for me knowing what I know. Absolutely. That's a really good question. You know, I think during my, when, when I gave birth, I ended up having some complications and I lost a lot of blood and I had to get a blood transfusion before I left the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so I started out postpartum feeling really weak and depleted. And it really just kind of messed with how I started, I guess, postpartum and started seeing my body postpartum because I kind of just felt like, like a shell (laughs) or like a ghost, but like a milky one, like just like my body didn't have much in it, just like milk. And the whole goal was trying to get more milk, (laughs) but I was really like going against I was going against science because I knew that because of all my blood loss, like my body wasn't functioning normally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that mixed with all the hormones, I just, I felt like, like, like there was a fight against my body and I was trying to like trick it to start working in order to feed my baby. And I wasn't necessarily focused on taking care of myself Mm -hmm. as sort of the first stage. Like I think when you're so postpartum, everything is really just focused on serving the baby and feeding the baby. And they make you wake up every three hours to feed your baby or pump or both. And then because I was having a hard time getting enough milk, they were like, well, whenever you have to give her a bottle, you have to be pumping. And I'm just like, but how am I going to be pumping if I'm giving her a bottle? I can't do that at the same time. And it just starts feeling like insanity a little bit. Like you're just like, well, aren't I supposed to also be like sleeping and trying to relax because don't those things help with like me healing, like not even producing milk, but also just like my body healing and the fact that I need more red blood cells and all these things. And everybody's, nobody's really looking at you as a whole person anymore. You're just sort of like this milk factory shell (laughs) and then you're you're it really just kind of shifts the way you view yourself because through my whole you know recovery journey and adult journey it was all like taking care of yourself and self-care and and seeing your body as you know your instrument and taking care of it and it just throws you really through a loop, if that makes sense, with all of these different changes. Like it's, it's the hormones and it's the pressure for making sure your baby's fed and the lack of sleep. And I found myself like comparing myself to my husband and how well he was coping with everything. And I didn't realize like, there's no comparison, (laughs) you know? I don't know if any of you all experienced any of that. Every single ounce of what you're saying. And I want to share with you, I don't want to mess it up, but I read a quote when I was very early postpartum with Noah that like stuck with me so hard. And it was like one that brought me to absolute tears. And it was something, I'm going to mess it up because it was so long ago at this point, but it was something along the lines of like, postpartum, the early postpartum days can be compared to you and this person that you are just meeting for the first time are in a horrific car accident where you're both Mm. have gone through trauma and you both are 
not injured, but like you've both been through it, right? In this car mm-hmm. accident and you go home and you're sent home within 24 or 48 hours, right? Yeah. Um, still bleeding, still experiencing the trauma and you go home, but you are in charge of the other person. Yeah. And it's like, yes, we care about mothers in the postpartum early days. Like I know I don't want to like completely knock, you know, our healing process, but like the priority is no longer you. And it's, you now have to take care of this other person. And this other person is completely dependent on you. And whereas you Mm -hmm. do know them because you've grown every ounce of them for the past 10 months, like you're getting to know each other Mm -hmm. and keeping that person alive while you've also just been through this traumatic event. And when I like read that, it literally brought me to tears because I was like, this is so validating. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. And then in those early days also, like I I wasn't prepared, like your baby doesn't smile. Your baby doesn't give you any (laughs) indication. No validation. They just just scream. And I remember once she like started like tracking us with her eyes. We're like, she cares about us. You know, like you're just like, you'll take anything, you know, to prove that like you're, you're not completely messing up and you're, <laughs> you're creating a bond. Cause you're like, I feel bonded to you, but like, you like me? Like, I don't know, you know, <laughs> a little, it's yes. a little, you know, it's a, it's a one way street for a little bit there. And I think it's interesting how you brought up to the connection to a healing journey and Mm -hmm. this time in your life, which Sam and I have talked about this a ton that if we had not gone through our own personal healing journeys with, you know, wherever each of us were in our own disordered days, how much not only harder this time of our lives would have been, but also like the brain capacity that you do need to understand, you know, the idea of putting this other human first and doing the best for you for them, but Mm -hmm. also letting go of your self-care that felt very, very, very safe during a healing journey, Mm -hmm. I think is really difficult for Mm -hmm. a lot of people to wrap their heads around. And I can only imagine how much harder it would be if you are suffering in those moments from disordered eating, eating disorder, poor relationship with food and body, all of these things, it can just make that entire process so much harder. And it's already freaking brutally hard. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Absolutely. And already feeling so distant from your body or feeling like you're at odds with your body going into it then postpartum, I I think it's normal to feel maybe a little at odds with your body and, and completely like distance, like you're starting a new relationship with this baby, but also with your body too. Because, you know, if you're struggling with, with breastfeeding or healing postpartum, then it's sometimes you you feel like you're at war with your body in a different way. A few weeks back, I went to Austin, Texas, and it was still the month of November, and it was freaking hot out. And I'm just excited that I had remembered to pack my Lumi deodorant products. My favorite product, which you've heard me sing the praises of before, are my Lumi deodorant wipes. So we were obviously bebopping around town. We went to brunch. Then we were kind of like in and out of the stores, had ourselves a fantastic day. It's like my favorite thing to do, just wander around a city and experience food and sunshine and shopping and all of the things. So then before dinner... We went home before our dinner reservation and I didn't necessarily need a shower. And I remembered I had my deodorant wipes from Lumi. So I was like, all right, we're just going to wipe the pits down fresh as can be. And that is what I love about Lumi. So easy, so fresh. So if you're someone who's like, wait, I want to get some of these wipes before my next trip. And you don't need to use them for just a trip. You could use them every day. 
Um, but you can get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with our exclusive code and link. And for a limited time, returning customers can get $5 off their next purchase of 30 or more too. You can use code FORK at Lumi Deodorant. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. And what I love about Lumi, one, it was created by an OBGYN and she saw firsthand how normal BO was misdiagnosed and mistreated, not only in the pits, but in some of the places below the belt. And they're great products. They're baking soda free, they're paraben free, they're pH balanced. So they are safe to use below the belt. And they're really a whole body deodorant. You can use them anywhere on your body. So there's just nothing else like this out there. So if you want to give Lumi a try, you know that Jenna and I love Lumi. You get, again, $5 off that starter pack with our exclusive code and link. And for a limited time, returning customers get $5 off their next purchase of 30 or more. And if you get that starter pack, that includes the wipes that you hear me talk about all of the time. So you can use code FORK at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Thank you, Lumi, for making this holiday season smell a whole lot better. You bet your bottom dollar I'm bringing these to the family events because it's about to get hot in here. I want to hear from both of you because I feel like I haven't asked this question, definitely not on this podcast. How would you describe how it felt when you got home from the hospital with your, like, what, what did it feel like? And I love how you're both laughing because I think so many people like think it's like, Oh, we're home. But like, I I'm going to go first then I'm going to hand it over to whoever wants to go next. I don't know how to describe the feeling that I felt, but I do remember sitting there. I felt it all the way to my fingertips. And it was this like vibration of overwhelm with misery and grief and scared. And like, it was so, and it took over my entire body. And I just remember bawling and not even knowing how to communicate what I was feeling. And that was probably during that huge hormonal shift that happens like in the 48 hours after you give birth. But I remember being so scared by it because you think like, I should be so happy right now, especially coming from infertility. Like this is my dream. I'm here with my baby. But I remember feeling so down, like it's like indescribable. So like, did you guys feel anything like that? How do you, cause I, I was talking to another mom who's newly postpartum and I was trying to say like, if you're experiencing this, like you're not alone, you're going to be okay. It's not permanent, you know, but I would love to hear from you because I think this is important to be shared with other first time moms. So if they experience something, they're not like, what's wrong with me? Cause that's definitely what I, I felt in that moment. I can go. I completely relate to what you were talking about. I remember I had to stay in the hospital a little bit longer because of the complications, but, uh, I remember sitting on the bed and, you know, they have you wake up the baby every three hours and my husband's asleep, baby's asleep. I'm sitting on the bed. Like you, like you said, like vibrating, like adrenaline is surging through. And it's like, you're just like a feral animal that's like looking for danger. And you're just like, you're like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm exhausted, but I can't sleep. And then I remember getting home and <laughs> asking like, what happened when you got home? I was like, the meltdowns just started. And they just didn't stop, <laughs> you know, just like you said, that overwhelm that you, I was just like, how am, how am I going to do anything? You know, like how, how, when am I going to sleep? And when am I going to like eat? And when am I going to do anything that like you were talking about, Jenna, like made me feel like a like a human made me feel like a whole person. Like, I don't, I'm not going to be able to do any of those things. And, and it is, that's true for a little while, but it's not true. Like you said forever, but I just remember feeling absolutely overwhelmed because you are 
it feels impossible to do any of the things that you thought that you used to do to help you to feel, you know, normal, go outside, go for a walk, take a nap, you know, take a shower, like anything that you used to do that was grounding to you, like it feels impossible, but you're also on this huge, like hormonal and adrenaline surge. So like a grounding's like probably not that possible at that time anyway, but it, it's so overwhelming. And I, I'm, I live in California, but I'm from New Hampshire and my mom came out and stayed with us for a few weeks. And I just remember just like crying on my back porch to her being like, I don't know how to do this. And also to your point, Sammy, I was like, this is what I've wanted for years. And now I feel so overwhelmed by it. What's wrong with me? You know? I think too, it's like the things that you you used to do without thinking now need a plan, right? Like even a shower, it's like, okay, when is he going to nap so that I can put him in a bouncer, hope he stays napping and take a four second shower because you know he's not going to stay asleep. Like all I remember those things like very vividly, right? So I think it is important to remember that they are a season and seasons change, but it can feel exhausting, overwhelming and like never ending when you're in it. And I, I I think the way I would answer that question would be a blend of everything you two just said. But I also remember people telling me like the baby blues are really normal. And I felt suffocated by the fact that it felt like it was more than just like baby blues, right? Like that this baby is no longer inside me, but he's here. And it's like, my body felt like it had less of a purpose for a minute because it felt so purposeful during pregnancy. And then like, it didn't when I got home because, and like, I'm experiencing this the second time around because people are so nice to you when you're pregnant, like so nice. Like I've never had more strangers say the night, the weirdest and the worst, but also like the nicest things to me. And it's like, people care about you and they check in on you and they're doing all these things. And then you get home and it's like, how's the baby? And it's like, Mm -hmm. fuck you. I'm here too. But like, right. And like, you want them to ask about the baby and you want them to like, you know, care about that. But I felt like exhausted and overwhelmed and suffocated by this idea that I no longer had this purpose. Right. And that everything was now focused on the baby. And that was really hard for me. Like I mentally suffered with a lot of stuff in that time, but I do remember coming home and my parents and my my what's my brother here? My brother was here too from California. Um and like being so overwhelmed by happiness that like this baby was here and fear at the same time. And I I don't think those two emotions have ever left my body since. Like they are still very much part of every single day of my life. And my son is almost three at this point. He's like two and a half, a little over two and a half. And like those two emotions just like live inside me at all times. Um, so that's how I would answer that question. <laughs> I love both of your answers. And I think it's, it's a really good thing to share with people. Cause I, I think Jenna, you and Dylan Murphy, we had her on for a postpartum something or other. Um, and that's where you guys started talking like the night you got home or, and what happened and, and that was super helpful for me to hear because as a first time mom, you just don't know, you can't even begin to know. And, and I don't think it's like from a place of fear that we share this, but it's more from like big sisters, hopefully just normalizing and validating what someone might feel postpartum and that it's okay. And I, like, we can just use that word a million times today. Like it's a season it's a season and it will pass. Um, and so that's, it's so important to hear and thank you both for sharing your experiences. Cause I think it's, it's helpful for anybody listening too. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, 
you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Sam, did you struggle with having a lot of those postpartum thoughts and fears in the context of knowing how long and hard you struggled with fertility? Like, how did you kind of manage those things at the same time? It's a great question. And I think, uh, I think it was more for me, like I, I definitely had them. I'd be lying if I, if I didn't, if I said I didn't, but for me, it was more like, how are you, my negative thought processes was like, how are you not, I guess, yeah. How are you not enjoying this more? Like you should be enjoying this flawlessly. This is all you've wanted. And then realize, like, because I just didn't know what postpartum looked like. And I exclusively breastfed for about four weeks. Um, So there was, you know, every two hours she was hooked up to my boob. And that's from the start of the previous feed. So I, I did not leave the house for the first, I don't know, like truly almost two months it felt like, because I felt like I couldn't. And I just... I definitely struggled with my mental health and it, and it was for me, it kept going to be like, how, how are you not enjoying this? Why are you not enjoying this? And so eventually, of course, getting out of the house more and talking to other moms and connecting with other moms helped me. And, and just, I mean, Jenna was one of them that I would just like voice memo in the middle of the night and be like, all right, well, she'll get this eventually because she wasn't in her newborn stage at that time, but finding other moms that were in similar seasons as me. And we would just voice memo back and forth. And I think it was exactly what we're doing right now on this podcast. It was hearing from other moms to know like what I was experiencing was normal and absolutely, yes, it was, you know, I'm sharing a lot of the negative thought process. I was so fucking thrilled the moment they put her on my chest. Like, there were so many happy, incredible moments. And it was extremely hard. And recognizing that no matter what your fertility journey is, the moment that baby pops out, motherhood is one of the most challenging things that you will ever experience. And it sucks that some people have to climb Mount Everest to even get to that point, but it doesn't mean that you're necessarily, that it's necessarily going to be any easier. But I will say, I did feel like I also had the word surrender centered in motherhood. That was my infertility word where I was like, I'm just surrendering. I have no control as you know, like with IVF and all of it, I was just like, whatever happens, happens. So I do feel like with all of the thoughts and feelings and emotions that were coming up, I was like, I just need to surrender to this because this is life now. And so I feel like I just totally rambled, but I would love to hear you, Alyssa and Jenna, what you guys think. I was just, it makes me think of how my, I remember when I was pregnant with Noah, that my aunt told me that her father, my grandfather who has passed away, uh, my dad's dad, I said, she said something that I'll never forget is him telling me when I was pregnant with her first, she has three kids, um, that the babies are easier in than out. Cause I was like rushing it at the end. Right. Like I want this baby out, like whatever. And I didn't understand what that meant until now. Now I'm like, stay inside me. <laughs> like I am not ready. Um, but like, it's so true. And like, it's interesting because there's no easy season of motherhood. And I think even when your kids are grown and they don't need you, it's hard in so many different ways. Right. And like right now, the end of pregnancy, especially if you're pregnant with your first, like it's hard. It's hard to move. It's hard to breathe. It's hard to eat. It's hard to do think activities of daily living. Like your ADLs are like shot, like all the things. Right. But when the baby comes, 
your body might feel differently. Like you might get your ankles back in my, in my case right now. Um, but there's a new heart, right? And then when you stop feeding them from your body and you move on to whatever you choose to do, like there's a new heart and like, there's these new hearts that like keep coming up. And like, I don't think that there's ever a time. And I would ask my mom this question. I don't think she would tell you motherhood is easy right now. Like I complain to her about everything. And so does my brother, right? Like there's no easy time, but it just makes you like this stronger, more powerful human that like is indescribable. And I said to my husband at some point during this pregnancy, like very recently, because we've been through hell and back, like personally, me professionally, like all sorts of ups and downs these past almost 10 months. And I was like, some days, like I really feel like a goddamn warrior. Like I could take on anything and I'll be fine. And other days I want to crawl into a hole and never come back out. And like, I think that perfectly defines what motherhood is. (laughs) And being a business owner. That as well. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Something that you all said that like, brought up a memory for me, um, that was maybe, is maybe a better answer to a previous question that you asked me was like, one thing that, that also surprised me was I had really strong intrusive thoughts after giving, after in my postpartum. And I didn't have that level of like intrusive thoughts since recovery. I had worked so hard on like cultivating like, a a a kind, healthy voice and a uh, like self-compassion and all of that. And all of a sudden I get really strong, intrusive thoughts that were very critical about like how, how I was doing as a mom. And like, also just like the intrusive thoughts of like fears around bad things happening to my daughter. And I remember I started therapy pretty soon again, postpartum, uh, with the therapist that I was working with before. And she said, you know, something like a a huge percentage of women deal with intrusive thoughts postpartum, which I had no idea about. And it made me feel like very kind of normal. And then I was like, oh, I just need to like talk back to these critical thoughts the same way that I used to do in my recovery. Like, I would get these intrusive critical thoughts about my body, my food, all of that. And then I would start to talk back and be like, no, you're not true. That's not real, you know, and really kind of like normalizing these thoughts. And so when I started to have these thoughts postpartum, whether it would be an intrusive thought about something bad happening or that I was doing something wrong, I started to talk back and say like, you're just hormones. You're not real, (laughs) you know, and kind of like starting to talk back to that critical voice. And it made me feel a lot more like myself again and able to access that level of self-compassion again, that otherwise felt like very like distanced again for the first time in a really long time. Wait, I have two things to add to that for you. One, it makes me think of the movie Knocked Up when he's yelling and he's like, fuck you hormones, not you, (laughs) just the hormones because she's like freaking out when she's about to give birth and he's like freaking out back at her. But he's like, I'm not mad at you, Catherine. I'm mad at the hormones. Like that's what it makes me think of because it's so real. And then number two is like, again, bringing this back from a motherhood podcast to a nutrition podcast. Like it's the same level of journey or it's the same part of the importance of the journey. That's so powerful. That is the understanding that like when we have body image thoughts come up or when we have food thoughts that pop up in a recovery journey, like not just telling them to like go away because it's like whack-a-mole, they come back up, but like facing them, hearing them and like, meeting them with a truth and in this motherhood postpartum journey and like the journey of motherhood in general is like you hear these all the time and I still hear them constantly but instead of ignoring them and pretending that they don't exist or just saying like no I am a good mom it's like well why am I a good mom like what are some things that I do that make me a good mom and like actually talking through that like with yourself and your thoughts I think is so important because it 
the thoughts don't just go away if you ignore them, just like they don't with your nutrition or recovery journey in general. This is just like another layer of it. Exactly. And so just saying something like, this is a season, like really instilling the self-compassion, like you're just worn down, you're tired. You know, that's like these thoughts, they're not you. They're just your hormones or they're, they're your your fatigue or the fact that maybe you haven't showered in five days is maybe you need a break, you know? Um, and I think also my husband was really good at reminding me, like we were talking about, uh, about the season. He's like, you know, like she's going to be at a stage where she's going to be saying, I love you, mommy and hugging you. And you're going to have this amazing bond. And, you know, right now she's just, she's a little nugget, you know, she just, she's just a, a ball of need, but there's other stages to this that we're going to get to that's are going to be so rewarding. It's not always going to be you up in the middle of the night with this, uh, you know, ball of needs and wants and, you know, and how I think I saw something too about how, you know, your baby's also just, you know, learning how to be a person and learning how to, you know, like they've never had to breathe on their own. They've never had to digest food on their own. They've never had to comfort themselves. You know, they, they had all their needs met and then all of a sudden they're in the world and they have to get their needs met from, you know, their, their parents. And so just remembering, you know, they're not always going to need you in the middle of the night. Maybe they will, but like probably in a different way. Right. <laughs> when you just said that, it reminded me, I'm like, and I would like, if you guys have a moment, what was the last time you remember in your childhood screaming out mom? Like, do you have a memory? Like, I don't, I feel like I do. I, I remember I don't know how old I was, but I remember I fell asleep on my arm weird. You know, when you like fall asleep and your arm falls asleep and, like, <laughs> and I remember rolling over. Okay. And my arm just like flopped on the bed and I couldn't feel it. And I just remember screaming for my mom because I thought my arm had been chopped off. So you know what? There's a fun stage that you might get to where your middle schooler is screaming for you in the middle of the night because they thought that they lost their arm sleeping in a bed. (laughs) Didn't hurt. Just couldn't feel it. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, I, I live literally across the country from, from my parents. And in the last three years, I've had to be on the phone with my parents after horrible things have happened, uh, like, uh, four, four or five months before, uh, I got pregnant, I got hit by a car crossing the street. So when you were talking about like what, uh, coming home from the hospital is like you got hit by a car and somebody else got hit by a car and you're taking care of them. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it was yep. like. Because yep. cause I, my, one of my best friends gave birth uh, two, maybe two months after I got hit by the car and we were talking and I, and she was just sharing with me that she was struggling. I was like, well, it sounds like we went through the same thing, but like, I didn't have to take the care of a baby after, <laughs> like I just took care of myself, you know? Um, but yeah. And, uh, I was on the phone with my dad at the time that I got the car hit me. Um, so that wasn't great for him. And then, uh, I also fell and shattered my collarbone, um, just cause I'm clumsy. And then I was on the phone with my mom from the ER and being like, I can't feel my arm. I'm never going to feel it again. <laughs> she was like, you, you will, but 
I'm sorry this happened to you. Oh my gosh. You know? So, and then I'm 35 and that's happened within like the last few years that I've called my mom and my dad and, and then like, I'm, I'm very hurt. Help. Help, help me. Right? Help and they're like, me, mommy, help me, daddy. They're like literally 3,000 miles away. I'm married. Like I've been married for 11 yes. years and then I'm still calling them being like, I, I got hurt. Have you guys seen the viral TikTok of the mom? She has like the child strapped to her chest and they lay on the plane and it's like texting my mom to let her know I landed. Meanwhile, I'm a mother with like a full blown family and like, but it reminds me of that is like, we will always have this title of mom. And if we're lucky enough to raise humans that know that we respect them, like hopefully they'll be checking in with us when they need us to. Um, so to wrap this episode, Alyssa, I would love to hear from you. If listeners don't remember anything we said, they just completely forgot the entire episode. What is one nugget of information you want them to walk away with and remember? If they can just remember, it could be one sentence, three sentences. What do you want them to remember walking away? Oh my gosh. I think just that in all the different aspects of our life, whether it's being a mom, being a business owner, going through your own recovery with mental health or an eating disorder, disordered eating, you know, one, there's always support for you. And two, I think that the self-doubt and the critical voice is always going to come up maybe in different ways. And that's really normal. And it's important for you to, like Jenna said, talk talk to that critical voice and comfort yourself and remember that just because these thoughts are happening doesn't mean that they're that they're true and that they're real and that they're going to be here forever there's always there's always help and it it's very normal to experience self-doubt and and critical thoughts you know whether you're a uh, a provider, a business owner, a mom, a, you know, partner, uh, you know, you can always be having those, those thoughts, but it's important if you're struggling to reach out and get support with, you know, a therapist, a dietitian, a recovery coach, you know, business coach, whatever. There's also a quote. I was trying to find it. My husband sent me like, cause now how we communicate is sending reels back and forth to each other. I don't know if you guys are the same. Um, here it is. Okay. So he says the oldest child grows up with their parents while the youngest are raised by their parents. And I think that that's something that's like so important to remember too. Like you've only been a mom or a parent as long as your baby has been alive. And like, that's so easy to forget that like, yes, certain things are instinctual, like maternal instincts are very real, but like not everything. And like, you need to learn a lot of them. And I think that that's so important to remember as you take on this journey is like, you're not expected to be an expert at it. Like, and I've talked about this on the podcast many times when I feel like a shitty mom, I remember, remind myself that I'm an amazing dietitian and like drown myself in work and then vice versa, right? If I'm having a bad work day, I'm like, I quit. I'm going to go be the best mom I can be. And like, these are my thoughts that bounce through my head constantly. So I think that like, if we can continue to remind ourselves of those things too, it makes the reality of this journey so much easier. So Alyssa, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Um, I think this episode is going to help so many people. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun and lovely to just chat through some of these important issues with you both and emotions. <laughs> yes. And emotions. <laughs> so for, many feelings for those listening who want to learn more about you and find you, where's the best place that they can go. So my practice is called nourished with kindness and we're located in California. Um, so you can follow along with us on Instagram at nourished with kindness. Our website's nourished with kindness.com. I also have an Instagram that I need to be updating. <laughs> That's Alyssa Callahan RD. And we're off, we're actually going to launch a podcast for providers of intuitive eating, weight neutral care, 
um, and it will be called Nourish with Kindness. That will hopefully launch in the next few months. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alyssa. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at what the actual fork pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for more fun.